Two of the radio extravaganza, Gas and Puck live from the Carter Volkswagen studio. Uh, we head now to the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. A man, this is the toughest broadcaster in Seattle sports history. Uh, joining us right now on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline is Mariners broadcaster, Rude Sports, Dave Sims. Dave, how are you? How are you feeling? Uh, boys, I've been better. I tell you what, I, you know, my, my 40 time is going to definitely decrease. There's no question about it. My, when I go to those age group track, track meets, it's just not going to be the same. Look, look, I hate to pile on here, but what in the <laughs> hell were you thinking playing basketball? Hey, yeah. I mean, what are you doing out there, Sims? Yes, let me tell you something. I had submitted my uh, retirement papers to the old Hacks Hoop Society 20-something years ago. That's what I figured. And... Right? Yeah, I've been around. I mean, I enjoy hoops. big part of my life and my career and everything. So our traveling secretary, the great Jack Mossman, sends out a tweet. I guess it was Thursday. Hey, boys, we got the uh, use of the great facility of the the T-Wolves. Come on over. Play some hoops. So I said, listen, I sent him a text back. Yo, my man, I'll just do my regular workout and I'll just watch. Mr. Dumbass here, when I get over there, you get you get caught up in the beauty of the facility, and the yeah. boys are out there shooting, and what the hey. So, you know, we, we choose up sides, we go four and four, we do about four trips up and down 94 feet, and everybody says, no, we're not doing this. We go to half court, and then uh, we're playing a little bit, and I'm coming up to catch a pass services guard. I come up to the top of the three, and I get, to get ready to make a turn to my left, and then I'm down like a sniper got me. I said, who the F tripped me? He said, yeah. dude, nobody touched you. And I get up. I tried to get up and went down again, and I felt like I had 150 pounds on my left foot. Mm. And I was thinking, I didn't hear a pop. I didn't feel a roll. Maybe it's just the, you know, the usual ankle you get when you play hoops. And But in the back of my mind, I thought I had torn it. And sure, and then Rob Nodine came over to my room later, a couple hours later, confirmed it. And that's where we are. But then the, the, the story, then you go on to work? Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, it was great. It, it, the uh, Dr. John Steve was great with the twins. I went out to jump in a cab, went to see him, he examined me, booted me, gave me crutches, drove me back to the city, drove me to uh, the pharmacy, bought me a sandwich. We picked up the prescription, drives me to the hospital. Minnesota night, at the hotel, Minnesota nights. Boy. And I get up, and I, I get up like uh, an hour earlier. I put myself together, go broadcast a game. Went down and got the first thing I did. When I got to the uh, to the ballpark, was I, I, I went and get ice, and, and again Minnesota nights. How about this? I'm getting off the bus in the back, and a guy sees me with crutches. He says, "Where are you going? I'm gonna get you a cart. Where are you going? I'm going to the clubhouse." Boom! Takes me to the cart. I come out. I'm getting ready to uh, walk down to the elevator. Where are you going? No, 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 no. Hey, Billy, give me a cart here, right here. Hey, boom! They take care of it. Minnesota nights comes. I mean, right to the fort. Was these people? They were fabulous. Can't say enough good things about them. Now, now Minnesota nice is one thing. Game. Yeah, well, Minnesota nice mm-hmm. is one thing, but we know the way ball players are. Have the, are the Mariner players? Have they had a little bit of fun at your expense about this, or have they really? Uh, has it sunk it, in yet? <laughs> I think it's going to come when I get back there. James Clifford, you know, Cliffy, you play for for the for the mm-hmm. dogs, and he's an exercise guy. He says, "Come on, man, you can't take one for the team. You can't make the next road trip." Oh, he was all over me. It was great. Listen, and, uh, you're calling yeah. a game with a torn Achilles. I, we got guys swinging bats with, like, ouchies and their obliques. They're not playing. They're out for, like, two months. <laughs> Sam's, you're the toughest guy on the team. I mean, Ryan Healy has got a post-game workout and turns his ankle and is, like, done for weeks for crying hey, out loud. Can I tell you something? So yesterday I'm on the plane, right, and I'm just outside first class, and I'm sitting. I get situated. I'm on the aisle, right? 
And I see this big dude coming in. He's got crutches. I said, wait a minute. I know that guy. That's Ryan freaking Haley. What do you know about crutches? And, and that's how you find out he's hurt. This is, it's been the craziest start of a yeah. season I ever remember. Now, were you guys coming back to Seattle then? Or are you taking a couple of days off? Yes, is that sir. What, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, good yeah. move. Good move. Yeah, no, I had to, you know, I, I, I called our team doctor and I said, hey, this is what happened. <laughs> it's not like the Godfather, I need your services. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and uh, the, uh, so we're, we're set for Thursday to get uh, to get this operated on. And, yeah, my wife flew back in from New York. She's a physical therapist. Uh, I knew what I was doing when I married her 35 years ago, thinking that this could possibly happen. And then, <laughs> so I got my building rehab. You know, I, it's funny. You know, when when I got hurt, and then I call her, I spent like five ten minutes just telling. Her, I spent five or ten minutes chewing myself out. It was like uh, what Sid Gilman said to Ron Jaworski one time after about four interceptions. I right, consider yourself chewed out. All right, here's what we're going to do now. <laughs> and I went from there. You know, it was like, what the hey? Oh, God. I, got, I got my boys around there. And then uh, Susan Waldman, I guess somebody mentioned it online, and then Susan saw it. So she writes it. Susan, I go way back. She said, are you kidding me? So she mentions it on the Yankee radio cast, and then all my boys in New York, dude, you idiot, what are you doing? Come on, this is not the why anymore. Yeah, see, I hate, this cause I, yeah, I hate this because I told you earlier, I'll, I play in a, on a Monday beer league pickup game, and all I think about the second we start every Monday night is exactly that. Whatever happens, please, the love of God. I mean, I'm knocking on wood, I say a prayer, I do everything, anything. I'll take anything what? except that Achilles. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny you say that because – Going in, I said, you know, I probably shouldn't do this, but you know what? Play it medium to slow speed. Right. Medium. Well, yeah. I don't know. And even at my age, I don't know medium to slow speed, and I get competitive. And then Service and I was great. Service and I were, he got me, I got him. And uh, and service, somebody said, hey, Scott, uh, what kind of player? He says, I got five fouls. But the second time he hammered me going to the hole, I said, that's two, pal. Yeah, yeah, I'm. He, I'm... Uh, and then. I'm one. I'm wondering how much how much of this is going to come out that turns out service is a dirty player, and I, I think that that's what <laughs> no, that's no, 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 no. that's he, what the story he's my is. Kind of guy. He's not a dirty player. He plays. He's played smart. He hit a jumper, and he's got a nice little handle. He knows what he's doing. Who was the player. best player, Dave? Who played? It was you, uh, service? Well, on my team, it was me, Aaron Goldsmith, who hit one from the top of the three, which stunned me, and I thought it was beautiful. Gary Hill, who, when you look at him, does that look like a guy who's going to be working along the baseline and be very effective? He was. I was. No. I played sort of like a point center, and I looked to dump it down to him, if you can believe that. Yeah. He made some baskets. And Jack Mossman, who's a little guy, he's squirting through the lane and everything. Nice little player. Played against Brad Adam. The other crew was Brad Adam, oh. Service, Edgar, and Rick, and Rick Riz. Wait, wait, okay, okay. What about Rizzy? What kind of games Rizzy have? Yeah, give us a scouting he's report a, on he, Riz. He reminded me. Of, he reminded me of Larry Costello with the two hand touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and you know, it's like when we were done. I come out with the Achilles. Edgar comes out with a, a top of his calf. Riz got hit in his bicep. I was like, never again. Yeah, the Timberwolves are all up there laughing their asses off at you, too. They're like, look at these yo yeah. down here. Sam was up there. Zeptinsky was upstairs looking down, and he was laughing. I see him in the clubhouse later. He said, dude, you really were hurt. I said, yeah. <laughs> Why? Am, I'm envisioning am, – am I envisioning – uh, Rick Riz dressed in like, is he wearing like the John Stockton? Actually, no. Riz yeah. would be the guy that would play pickup basketball in sweats. Is, was he wearing sweats? Uh, 
He had a T-shirt on. I think he did have long, 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 uh, long, long sweats. Of course, he did. Yeah, slick watch style yeah. headband. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no. Yeah. How's Edgar's no, jumper? Any, uh, Is he pretty good, Edgar? What, what's the strength of his game? Can he go left? Uh, yeah, he didn't, but he went right. He, you know, he's strong at the max, yeah. 50, whatever he is. Uh, and uh, he sets a heck of a pet, too. Yeah. That's awesome. What was, a night. You know, it was fun until I went down. I mean, and like, hey, get up off the floor. we got to play here. Come on. Yeah. That's uh, every every guy who has an Achilles injury says a couple uh, of the same things. They say, hey, I was having fun till I went down. B, it felt like somebody took a shot at me. Uh, and C, ouch. Hey, God. yeah. And, and I got up. I'm telling you, man, I've never felt such weight, so much weight in one spot. Yeah, they, yeah. Well, and and the surgery's Thursday, and then are you are you going to take a little more time off then? Plant by year. I mean, uh, I'll be. I'm, I'm told I'll, I should be. You know, the first few weeks, I might be, I might be able to make that uh, road trip. We're, we're going to figure that out. That's TBA. I'd like to hear yeah, you do a game yeah. on pain medication. I think that we'd all tune in for that. <laughs> Here, Sim's all whacked out, and see what he has to say. It's hydro night with Dave. Than I am. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know most most people. This would be you know the whole thing of the weekend. But you you had something else happen over the weekend. I don't know you've met him before, but the picture you put on Instagram of you and Mike and Rod Carew. Mm. The first mm-hmm. thing that struck me, Dave, is how good Rod Carew looks. Because because I I don't Boy. think I'm exaggerating. He was. He it was touch and go with him a couple of years ago. With it was a kidney transplant, right? And a heart transplant. And a heart and a heart transplant. He, so it, right. Yeah. He, he he came very close to checking out multiple times, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I go back to mid eighties with him, and we see each other along the way. And then I I tried to stay in touch with uh, him during the course of his procedures, and I talked to him a couple times after he got the heart, and then when I had my prostate issue, he we were in touch with each other and. And over the years, I've interviewed him in, in Anaheim, and I've interviewed him in uh, Minnesota. Matter of fact, I've been walking around with him. He and Tony, uh, Tony Oliva, you know, they're, they're roommates. They couldn't be tighter. And, and what happened was we were right before first pitch. Mike looks down, and he sees D and uh, Cano hugging somebody. He says, boy, that looks like Rod Carew. And he said, I could sort of see a smile. I said, if those guys are hugging him and we're in Minnesota, uh, there's about eight black people in Minnesota, so uh, probably a pretty good chance it was Rod Carew. Oh, so it's, uh, I got on the phone, I texted him, I said, Rod, if that's you coming up to the booth about 10 minutes later, uh, so a guy comes in hand with Rod Carew, what time do you want him? And we said, bottom third, and there he was. Oh, that's a good... <laughs> Seven-time, seven that's, that's awesome. Seven-time batting champ, and people yeah. can debate whether batting average matters. But he, he was to, to me, David, for, for, for a certain period of my life, he was about as good as anybody at just hitting the baseball, and he didn't have a ton of power. But boy, was he good at putting the ball in play. Yeah, and it, it, there's no question about that. And I liked what one of the anecdotes he was telling us about how yeah he would be putting his foot in a box, and he'd see where where the infielders were setting up, and as the pitch was coming, he'd see a move and he'd hit it the other way. I mean, that's a heck of a talent. Right. Then he threw a number out there, something about in his career, something like 171 month attempts, and he was successful on like 109 of them. I mean, that's insane. That is amazing. And uh, and he, uh, I said, I I, remember, I told, uh, was talking to him about D. Gordon, and I said, D. said that you were influential in his bunting ability. He says, yeah, we go way back. I'm working with his brother Nick, who's a top uh, prospect with the Twins as a shortstop, and. Uh, and you know, very encouraging uh, with D. And he really loves D. And you know, everybody has seen D's work. His work uh, ethic is is top, top, top shelf. 
and the kid, he just gets better every day. He was playing with six layers on top and five layers at the bottom in, this, in the games in Minnesota. That's how cold it was. Uh, Dave Sims, our guest, Mariners broadcaster, joining us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Dave, they made it official. Um, Ryan Healy on the 10-day DL, uh, Chase and Bradford, the reliever. Uh, right-hand pitcher has been called up there from uh, Tacoma. Have I mean, you've been calling baseball for a long time. I, I just have never, I mean, I've seen injuries before. I just have never seen injuries like this where guys aren't doing anything like baseball activities and getting knocked out and being placed on the 10-day DL. All Healy was doing was a post-game workout, and he severely yep. sprained his ankle. Yeah, he said, when I saw him on the plane, he said, you know, it had been an ankle that had been bothering him before. He said, obviously, it wasn't fully healed. You know, I've been lucky covering a lot of things for, for many years in football, baseball, basketball, pro at college level. And what we're going through last year with the pitchers and now what, what has happened here in the early going. And I hate, I even hate to be considered to be put on that list, but I've never seen anything like this. And it's, it's you know, on, the good news is to this point, nothing that feels like it's the end of the world, but at some point you got to get these guys back. And if this is how it's going to be, it's obviously going to make it a lot harder for, for service to do the things he wants to do. It, it doesn't yeah. feel like any of them are are devastating yet, right, in terms of, of right, long-term? Right. right, and you know, and, and also you, you hope that the guys who are up and healthy and active can continue to hold the fort, and hopefully the pitching staff can, can do what it has, uh, has to do. I mean, you're talking about you're losing 39 homers last year from Nelly, 25 from Zanino. Gamble hit, what, 13 or 14, and Healy hit 25. That's more than 100 home runs out of your lineup. I mean, that's unbelievable. And, uh, and and when you look at the lineup, everybody healthy, it's a stacked lineup. It looks really good. And you just hope that, you know, Houston or the Angels or anybody like that, they don't break away from the pack. We don't allow them to break away from the pack. So, I mean, that's a big concern at this point right now. What do you, what do you think of the team through seven games? I mean, obviously, it's so still so early in the season, but – you, you take a step back and look at them at four and three. What's the first couple of things that pop in your mind looking at them? I, I like it. I mean, Robbie's hot hitting the ball, and uh, you know they they keep pitching him away, and he's taking his base hits the other way. They got to come inside at some point. He'll start hitting home runs at center and right center. Um, Hanniger's looked really good. I've liked him. Love what Gordon has done in center field and and starting things off. Segura's has looked good. Uh, Seager's finally starting to pick it up. Um, I didn't say finally. Heck, we've played seven games. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, you know, it's like, oh, what? This is this right. is still uh, April, whatever. Uh, but I, in the bullpen, I thought, you know, you know, Diaz has looked good. There's a lot to like. It's yeah. four and three. Yeah. I mean, and and that's even going through that two day stretch where we're three for twenty nine runners in scoring mm-hmm. position. Mm-hmm. Hey, you start so, about. You start, I'm optimistic as ever. You start listening to things that, that like uh, we, we uh, Puck and I have become big Marco Gonzalez guys. Like a lot of people are, because you can kind of see why they did what they did to get him, and it's it's a risk worth right. taking. Now all of a sudden he's healthy. It's only one game, but he sure looked good in that game, and it'll be fun to watch him tonight to see if he can extend out. It's not a make or break game by any stretch, but can he extend it out a little bit and continue to show people that. You know why they were so interested in getting him, despite the fact it was a right. little bit of a risk of his comeback. Right. I know. I had friends in St. Louis that said, you know, if he's healthy, he's going to be fine, and, and we've seen indications of that to this point. You know, the fastball's up a couple of ticks. You know, the cutter's been added. The changeup is outstanding. And I tell you what, you want to talk about a, a just a wonderfully, as you guys have heard in the interviews we've done with him, and, and I'm sure you guys have probably talked to him. Really engaging kid, easy to root for. 
you know, and being that he's a Northwest kid, uh, you, know, you know, going to school in Gonzaga, he's from Denver, the Denver area, basically. But, you know, he considers himself a Northwest guy. Uh, easier route for And as a left-hander, man, you've got to have him. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, Paxson showed a little more upside the other day. You know, Felix had a stinker, and hopefully you know, he's going to bounce back from that. Leak did some nice work. And, uh, you know, Marco's a, is a big key. i got to gotta have him in that 4-5 spot, no question. Dave, we appreciate you jumping on, man. I, hey, get better, uh, rest up, and uh, we look forward to uh, you being back on the call here uh, very, very soon. But, uh, man, rest yeah, up and, and that, get better. Fellas. Yeah, thanks, man. It's good to talk to you guys. Thanks for the invite. And, uh, I look forward to seeing you down at the yard. Be good. Yeah, let us know if you need anything, pal. Yeah. Yeah, you bet. I'm, 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 and I, I, Gas I, has a medicine cabinet full of everything. Yeah, I got a whole trunk. I'll stop by the house. <laughs> You'll be dazzled. All right, boys. See you, Dave. Hey, look forward to seeing you. Yep. Take care. Yep. Right, Dave Sims there, the broadcaster for your Seattle Mayors on Route Sports, uh, who's uh, dealing with a uh, torn Achilles because uh, he was playing uh, hoops uh, over the weekend. Yeah, that... Uh, that's you know, a, that's you a do. bummer, man. Why don't we? That's because be, because we're big Dave Sims guys, yeah. and everybody knows. Hey, that's no good when you're when you're. That's going to be tough. We should uh, we should have nine or Nate check in with Dave every day. Go down to his place. He lives right down here, yeah. and and just see if there's anything he could do. If nine or Nate could do anything for Dave Sims, yeah. How about that? He nine or Nate. Well, would he be? Does he need a mic flag? He'd need a mic flag to do it. Hi, it's me, nine or eight. I'm sure you've heard of me. Yeah. Uh, here's my mic flag. Can I get you some groceries? Do you need? <laughs> would, would you like a cold beer? Is there anything I can get for you, Mister Sims, today? Since you're you know laid up for a couple of weeks. All right. So two great things uh, with the mayor. Two stats at least stand out to me, and also the one that got away. Now back to Puck and the Gas Man on your home for Seattle's best NFL draft coverage. Sports Radio 950 KJR. All right, so think of this with uh, Lunch with Listeners just a half an hour away, your chance to win a gift card to Georgetown Brewery if you give us a call. Best sports villains. Not movie, sports villains. The best sports villains in the history of sports because of what is a what we talked about earlier in the show with, with Patrick Reed, a.k.a. Jackson Feltz, that he's a villain in the sport. Uh, people hate him. People were not rooting for him yesterday to win. They're actually rooting against him. And uh, and we contend that every, everyone needs a great villain, especially one that's successful. And he is he's a hell of a good golfer, and, and he's going to win more, and he's probably going to win more majors, and you're going to hate him even more because his ego is going to keep growing. Right. He's got to win a few more to really reach yeah. total villain status. Yes. <laughs> but he seems capable of doing that. He does seem capable uh, of doing, and he checks all the uh, checks all the boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wears earbuds on the practice round, which should never happen ever. And uh, he doesn't talk to anybody on tour. Doesn't have any friends on the tour. That's actually I kind of do like him for that reason. Oh, yeah. That he doesn't. So he's not real chummy with everyone. And I only kind of like it because it's such an individual sport that I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to beat them. Remember, I'm not going to be buddies with them. Kevin McHale's great quote when, uh, when in the '89 Finals when Isaiah and Magic were kissing each other before every game. Yeah. Remember, they yeah. give each other a kiss on the cheek yeah. just to you know. And, and 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 Mikhail was like, you know, I like this sport better when we all hated each other. <laughs> yeah, and and True. There, there's an element of that. Yeah, there's a, you know, anymore now, guys have the same agents and everybody's buddy yeah. buddy. And but but you know what? And and this is really Tiger Woods redo, except Tiger was a better player than Reed, unless Reed's going to suddenly catch fire and become. But yeah. Tiger didn't have a lot of friends on the uh, tour. Matter of fact, it's one of the things he's talked about that he kind of wishes he had done it a little differently. Yeah. But but his shark kill or be killed attitude was yeah. fueled by that whole desire of I'm not going to 
I'm not going to be buddies. You know, Bob Gibson. Bob Gibson used to hate playing in the All-Star game. He says, I don't want to be friends with any of these guys. I want to be able to throw right at them if I have and to. And I don't know the exact relationship of the two between like Jack and Arnie, but of what I've watched over the years, yeah. I watched that fantastic series that Golf Channel did on, on Arnie and his life. Uh, they were, I think they were friendly with one another. But I don't think they were going out of their way to hang out all the time. No. And I think because Jack looked at Arnie and he looked up to him, he's like, "Well, I'm gonna, I need to beat him." Right? He's, you know, he's kind of my idol growing up a little bit. Although we're cl- close in age, but he's my rival. I don't want to get too close to him. I, I think the one critique you could have about this sport and golf, but I think it does go to the other sports. Yeah, guys are getting too friendly after games. A lot of handshakes. I'm watching mm-hmm. Ben, Sa- and I'm, not that it's totally wrong, but I'm watching Ben Simmons and LeBron have a makeout session the other day after the game. And I'm like, like you guys could are gonna could face each other in the playoffs. Like, stop making out like thirteen year old girls. Man, it, it's because they a lot of them have the same agents now because of free agency, so they move more. Yeah. They hang together. You know, they, they, there's just there's just a lot that has led into it. And Maybe I don't we're wrong. Maybe it's okay for that. Oh, I, I don't. I don't think it matters if it's okay. It's just it's not going back to the other way. You're not. You, you the guys like Reed that come along are kind of throwbacks to the idea. I'm just going to be a lone wolf on this and do it myself. Yep. I'm not going to have friends. And that's and that's his approach. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, you know what I think. Whatever works for you, right? You know whatever works for you and, and gets it done. All right. Let me give you two things. All right. We're seven games into the season. Mariners back at it today, unless some bad weather in Kansas City comes in and they have to cancel the game. Right. That uh, the two the two numbers that stand out to me the most through just seven games. I get that it's early in the season, but uh, the Mariners do such a great job of sending out all their their stat pack every day. Mm-hmm. The production at the top, which. I don't think everyone was so excited when they got D Gordon to match up D Gordon, Gene Segura, then Cano, and then when you had Cruz. But that production at the top right now, the one through through four batters in the lineup are hitting three fifty one with twenty one twenty three runs scored, four home runs, seventeen ribbies, thirteen walks over the first seven games of the season. And Cruz so was in for what? Two of those? Uh two three two or three. Point being one of their yeah. big boppers isn't even in the lineup right now. They're getting they're getting terrific production and you it's know awesome. you, you worry a little bit about but but it's funny, you know, we talked about how they've got a little bit of a jam at first base so yep. they can Vogelbach can come in now and and, and is gonna have to I, I just don't know how much longer they can keep the plate spinning yeah. if guys keep getting hurt. They gotta get a few guys back. But the thing is that the top Segura, you know, has been has been sensational uh, at the, the way to, to start the season. Remember the first game of the season went zero for four, but now he's recorded a hit in each of his last six games. He's in four forty four with six runs scored, three doubles, two ribbies, uh, three walks. Overall, he's hitting three seventy nine. So it's great to see that top of the order. And then the other one that that stands out is, you know, it, you a bullpen is always pretty volatile. That. Yes, it was going to be a perceived strength this year. And then when they mm-hmm. lost Phelps, people were like, oh, maybe they're going to take a step back. But their relievers right now, through 23rd and two-third innings, over the first seven games, have issued just four walks. Well, you know, you know, again, Great. two weeks ago when they're still in spring training, if, if, if you know, we list everything that's going to happen up to yeah. and including Dave Sims you know, blowing his Achilles, if all this is going to happen and they're going to be four and three, and now they've got a week, and this can be the most dangerous thing in the world in baseball because the schedule doesn't always play the way sure. you think it will. But I don't hate a week with Kansas City and Oakland on the docket right now. No. That, that's okay. You think you should be able to get these? Come, come through this week again. You know, let's. What are they? You got six games. Go four and two this week. Yep. Then you got the Astros, and that's when you'd like to get it. You know, and I don't know if they'll have everybody back by then. They probably won't. But but the Astros come in, and 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 that's the the degree of difficulty. 
in in theory will go up, but so far for everything they've had to overcome, I, I, don't, I don't see how you're not impressed. They're playing good. I can't wait to see what Gonzalez does tonight with Marco getting the ball tonight. His first start was he was fantastic. And, uh, yeah, I think so far, so good. I get so early in the season. All we've ever asked them in that first month of the year was just don't don't dig yourself a hole. And right, right now, yeah. just through seven, they haven't digged themselves a hole. I think the fact that they are in this position when they had, haven't had Cruz, they, they haven't had Healy. Now they gotta, they're going to miss Healy. Gamble appears to be on his way back. Just in time for Ben Gamble hat night. How about that? Boy, it's just weird how it just can, works out that way. Can, can I say, and I'm not sure how this has happened, because back in the old days, this used to, and I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm going to, I haven't seen any of us get a Ben Gamble hat yet. Every other media oh, yeah. hack in town has got a picture of themselves wearing the Do Ben they? Gamble hat. Well, I want the Ben Gamble hat. And 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 I don't think we've gotten, and so, then, you know, it's neither here nor there. So he's ba- he's he's getting close to returning. He's going to return any time. Yeah. Well, then that's maybe not today, but later in the week. So what do you do now? Ichiro, first base. <laughs> start, start, start taking some grounders. Ichiro, broadcast booth. We need you to sit in for Simsy for a couple of hits nights. the other day. I think he and Heredia are right around the same average. I mean, this will be the call. We'll, yeah. we'll see what they're going to do. I mean, I I think they'll keep Ichiro. A lot I of people do. I, 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 I don't. You think they'll, they'll DFA him? I mean, I just, I, I, I don't. Yeah, I do. I, I think they will. And I, I'm I'm in the minority on this no. one. I can hear open the windows. We can hear people no. laughing all the way over all, all, ever. I just think that un, unless he just has a spectacular, you know, we and you know, at some point you go look if the stats are the same, you've got to keep the younger guy. Unless they just say, Well, we're gonna send him down to Tacoma for some seasoning. Well, I mean I think majority of the people already had that big home run the other day. I think majority of the people and myself included, I I'd rather see him. He's younger. They're they're right now. He's their better option, both offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. And that it, I don't know. This will be a. I'd like to know. I the truth serum. I'd like well, to know how both service and and Depoto really feel on this. Yeah. Now they may not have to make a decision right away though, That's because true. they they could. That's true. You do have other injuries. You've got other injuries, and you could no. you know you could slot one of them into a DH role for a while you until Cruz is complete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it may not be quite as, as cut and dry as we sure. think it's going to be because of all the other. And who knows what's going to happen tonight. I mean, I, you know, it's... it's <laughs> That's right. There still is a game tonight. And actually, and gas, there's still a post game. You never know who gets injured on the way to the post game spread. Yeah. Because, you know, we'll probably have some type of other injury that happens with a guy like walking to the bus. Uh, and then the other news is... We spent, you know, when I was working with Chuck that last year, there was a, there was spent a lot of time talking about Otani, maybe maybe a little, just a little too much time for, for my liking, right? But uh, it's unbelievable what this guy has done to start this season. I mean, I I remember we we sat down and talked to Hanniger, and again, I know it's early in the season. Hanniger was like, no way. No way will he be able to pull this off. Right. Well, it's and just, in spring it looked like it looked like he was completely overmatched through much of yeah. spring training. He is so he was a, he was he had a perfect game broken up yesterday in the seventh inning. Uh, he's off to a great start as a pitcher. He's got ERA gas of two point zero eight. He's got eighteen strikeouts, two walks. He's got three home runs and three starts at designated hitter. He's hitting three eighty nine. I think it's worked out it, so far. Yeah, so 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 far so good. Unbelievable, uh, and and you can see now. I heard Chuck talking about this. So you you got to give Depoto a little bit of credit. It's easy to go, well, geez, and you know this is another big decision they've got. Is what are they going to do with all the international money? Because they've got to yeah. spend it by June, right? I think that's why they, by June, I, I believe like they that. have to they have and they got to figure out what they're going to do. Or they lose the M's, it. M's went on, went after them. They went all chips in. Yeah, and and if 
if Otani turns out to be a disaster, and you're like, well, geez, so we were we we're going all in on this. Yeah. What this proves that the people that were going all in on him kind of knew what was going knew, on. Yeah, had done their work, and and I don't think that that's a that that, that shouldn't be a. Uh, the barometer of DePoto. He's been in the business for a yeah. while. He knows talent when he sees it. Sure. And like any GM, he's going to make a mistake here and there, and he's going to do fine. But this one, it was worth the M's taking the big swing they did, and it's a shame that because uh, I know they were blindsided. They thought for sure they were going to get him. It's one of those things where you always reminded every year about spring training numbers. It just right. It's a lesson not to fall in love or get mad about it. He was a disaster in spring. There was talk. I remember reading an article coming out of the L.A. Times. There was th- they were going to keep him down in AAA. They, he wasn't right. going to make the team. Right. Comes up, and he has just been sensational. He hit his last pitch yesterday. I think he hit 96. It's <laughs> it's just remarkable. And, and you know, now, again, now let's also not get too freaked sure. out about two weeks. Yeah. But... For a guy who came out of spring training with this, I don't know if he's there. And, he, and look, the Angels can say all they want about this. I bet they were sweating bullets in spring training. Like, what? Sosa's like, oh, Jesus, man. Yeah, I'm going to have to play this guy every day? Oh, God almighty. Let's move on from this guy already. But no, well, it's, he's off to a great start. I can't wait to see him in person. Yeah, we'll we'll see how he does with Sosa glaring at him in August when things have gone wrong again for the Angels inexplicably. And... And, and and old Grumpykins is in there giving him the business, but right now you got to like how he looks. Not everything was uh, was great this weekend in the sporting world. Uh, a real tragedy happened uh, this weekend in sports. Uh, we'll touch on it next. Now back to Puck and the Gas Man on your home for Seattle's best NFL draft coverage. Sports Radio 950 KJR. Hi, welcome back to the radio program. Puck and Gas here with you from the Carter Volkswagen Studio. Reminder, lunch with listeners coming up at the top of the hour after Neil Scott gives you headlines. Uh, 25 bucks, Georgetown Brewery on the line to anyone, everyone that participates with lunch with listeners. What we're simply just going to ask you, sports villains. Who's your best sports villain? What's the one player or the one team that you, you most love to hate? Uh, this is all kind of the fallback of Patrick Reed uh, winning the Masters yesterday, 2018 Masters, and again, uh, He's the perfect guy uh, to kind of hate. The uh, Masters certainly the you know the great sports story over the weekend because it always is a, a real tragic sports story uh, happening in the world of, of junior hockey. And I'm sure everyone has seen it uh, by now. The Humboldt uh, Broncos, uh, the team that uh, out of Saskatchewan, uh, 15 people uh, lost their lives after their team bus uh, was hit by a truck uh, with a, a trailer. And uh, killing a number of the players who all range, I think, from ages of about 16 to 21 uh, on that team. Also uh, losing uh, their lives was a, an announcer, an assistant coach, a head coach, a stats person, and then the bus driver uh, of that uh, of that team bus. And the you know the hockey world, the junior hockey world has 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 come out obviously and has rallied around uh, the Humboldt community. Also, the NHL has as well. The you know, I, I I was struck by something this morning that I that I saw on TV and I, and I wrote it down. Uh, Ken Hitchcock, I believe, is is the Dallas Stars head coach, right? Yeah, and he was on he was on the TV this morning, and he said something that that struck me. I've never played hockey, I've never been around hockey, but I think anyone that has played sports understands exactly what Ken Hitchcock said this morning. He said, "Quote: The bus is the safety zone." It's the thing you remember the most about playing sports for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I got the hair stands up on my arms when I say that, and it's 100% correct. 
of all the sports I've ever played, yeah, of all the things I've ever done in this business, of driving late night after covering a sporting event uh, with people or by yourself, but especially when you're in a team environment. The thing that when I was done, you know, playing high school sports, the thing I missed the most were the bus trips, mm-hmm. were the bus rides. That's where you became friends. That's where the camaraderie. They say it all the time. That's, that is, as Ken said this morning, that's the safety zone. And for that community and that team uh, to have lost that, um, it's just a tragedy, and it's it's awful news that happened uh, this weekend in sports. Certainly anybody who ever played sports, you remember bus trips. Yeah. But, I mean, when you get into either either the like the junior league hockey or, or college, like I, I worked at James Madison for five years, and it was in, they were in a bus league. I mean, 90% of our travel for both football and basketball was, was long bus rides. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we'd be with the team. Sometimes we'd get a van and the media you know, and, and support staff would be, but you do you spend a lot of hours on the road and anybody who does anybody who has a job like yeah. that you know it, it and and you just you know your heart goes out to the the people it has been inspiring the way hockey has rallied like i think any sport would if this right. was any other team in any other sport i think you'd see the, the 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 bigger people of those sports i saw where Everett did a 50-50 for him the other night and right. gave half the money to to the to whatever the fund is that they're putting together to help people get through this the, yeah. the financial hardships. They do have a GoFundMe face. page that is set up for them. I want to say they have. I don't know if it's the most ever in GoFundMe page history. It's something around three to four million dollars. Yeah, uh, they've already raised for the for the family. They do a thing, and I imagine they'll do something on Humboldt next year because it's 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 such a spectacular program uh, on CBC every year. They do a thing called Hockey Day in Canada. And right. it's and and I've watched it I think five or six years in a row. It it is I mean I find out when it's going to be on and I I clear out my day. I wouldn't go to a gymnastics meet. I clear out my day to watch this. It's the CBC. Ron McLean hosts it, and they have all the reporters, and they just tell stories about hockey in Canada, small town hockey, mm. junior league, uh, uh, midget hockey. Uh, then they then okay now we're going to stop and there's an NHL game and they'll show an NHL game mm. and then they come back and now we're going to go back and see how these tournaments are going and all this and and it it just rams home. How that sport, more I think than any other sport, well, I shouldn't say that, but that sport is woven into the fabric of that country at a level that's kind of hard to comprehend. Well, I, I mean, I, soccer's I, like that in a lot of in a lot of countries around the world. But I think you're right, and I know Ian's going to probably discuss this a lot on his show today because Ian, you know, Ian lived this. You know, I've mm-hmm. listened to a lot of stories from Ian over the years in working with him. I mean, he lived this exact lifestyle. Yeah, right. You know, Ian right. will probably, you know, he was, you know, he could have been that broadcaster. Sure. Uh, that lost his could life. Could have been a player. He, I don't could know if he played play- junior league, but he played, he but, played but, hockey. But he started his broadcast career in junior, you know, in junior mm-hmm. league hockey and calling right. games and, you know, that lifestyle of, what, you know, it's late night, you're on the bus and, you know, you've just played a game and, and everyone's tired. The players are tired. The broadcaster's tired. The coach is tired. Driver's tired. All mm-hmm. of them. And, yeah. you know, you're driving some, some dark, some dark streets at night and, and probably in some bad weather. And yeah, and yeah. so I think that you know he he will offer some great perspective I think uh, at one o'clock uh, uh, today but yeah you're right I think with that sport in particular yeah he he could probably better articulate it than yeah. than the weekend but there's something about it there's just something about that sport that junior league level of hockey the the way that people have responded to it there is a there is a sense of family more so it seems like and I think it's that the kids too I mean these guys leave their house. What at fifteen, sixteen years old, they leave their home and they go live with a second family, right? And and so there, there is they're so close because they're all in that age, they're all away from home, 
And so, and then that community, wherever they go, because they're all from there, uh, that community they they now become a part of that community, right? And, 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 community and rallies around them. And a lot of this hockey day in Canada story is about the yeah. journeys people take, the the literal journeys. They they did a thing this year that up in um, it might have been Whitehorse, Yukon Territory. Uh, there was a, a a couple NHL players from that area came up and had a camp there. And they, this one, there was a woman who lived six hours north in a, in a, in a, a, a native community, six hours north there, and took like their four best players in that community, put them in a station wagon or in a van or whatever, and they drove six hours just to go to this one day camp because hmm. the sport means so much out there. And, the, 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 and so it is the, 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 the journeys that are taken up there and it, it, it just, it, it, it's a part of the culture. It's a part of the fabric and the whole safe space idea. The idea, that, yeah, the bus is where you go, and yeah. nothing bad's ever going to happen there. And it, it's no. a reminder that accidents well, they they do happen. And I think what you just said, I I think for a country, you know, maybe you could find, you know, a different country that that has the relationship with maybe with the soccer, but you know, even this country, you know, it's you know, baseball is kind of our pastime, but you got football and you got basketball and you got other sports. When you think Canada, if some Canada and sports. Yeah, it's the first thing you think of. That's is, right. Is hockey? And everyone that is born in Canada, everyone that I've ever encountered in Canada, they've played the sport at some point uh, in their life. So, um, you know, thoughts and prayers out to those to that community and everyone rallying uh, for them, especially the NHL community and the the players that that lost their lives, uh, and also the uh, the announcers, the assistant coaches, uh, the stats, and the bus driver. Uh, just a terrible tragedy there. In, uh, for the Humboldt uh, Broncos. And uh, again, I, I would listen to Ian today starting at 1 o'clock because I know Ian's going to spend a good portion of his show today on that. Neil Scott's got headlines for you at the top of the hour. Sports villains. Uh, the sports villains uh, that you, you most you love the most to root against. Of course, is uh, in uh, regards to Patrick Reed winning the Masters yesterday. $25 gift card to Georgetown Brewery after headlines with Neil Scott. 